Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. Today my guest is Alicia Bryceland, who's a singer, voice teacher, and Alexander Technique teacher in New York City and in northern New Jersey. She, we're, we're doing a series of podcasts that are really primarily for Alexander teachers who might be working with singers and for singers who are thinking about or are studying the Alexander Technique, but they may be of interest to other people as well. This is the third and final podcast in this series. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about learning awareness. And um, I think it's, I'm going to leave it up to Alicia to explain what that means. Uh, Alicia, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Robert. <laughs> so learning awareness. Um, tell, say what you mean by that, and I know there's a major point you want to make about, <laughs> about the Alexander learning process that I think uh, is is uh, worth talking about. So tell us, yes. tell us what you mean by learning awareness. Um, well, the learning process for singing um, is so different from the learning process that people um, encounter in almost every other field. It is um, not an intellectual process. It is about how the certain parts of the body coordinate and work together and you need a certain certain set of um, skills to be able to um, sort of enter into that process very effectively but um, these skills aren't always taught in traditional voice studios Mm-hmm. So um, oftentimes I've found singers who are trying to apply the sort of I'm sitting in a classroom and I'm in 11th grade sort of, you know, learning modality to singing when it's really quite, quite different. And the emphasis is different. And um, my experience has been when singers understand really what they need to be uh, focusing on what they need to be paying attention to and how they need to um, deal with their own voice, then they can work, you know, so much more effectively than without really understanding that. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that to learn how to sing, just taking that by itself, uh, is a, a different kind of learning process than to learn calculus, for example. Absolutely, because it's kinesthetic. It's experiential, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, learning calculus is simply, it's all in the brain, right? right? All the cells that you need are right there talking to each other, figuring it out. Mm-hmm. For singing, the brain has to communicate with the body. And the body has to react and the body in turn does something which the brain processes and learns from and then the brain communicates again and it's over and over again so it's the brain not just talking to itself very easily but being the general that's trying to have some sort of control over these um infantrymen 
in the body. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Who aren't really communicating with each other. <laughs> right. And would you say that, that 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 is also, for example, the case with learning a sport, for example, or something like Tai Chi or that sort of thing? I do, but I think it's a little less complex, interestingly enough, when you're talking about um, a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, because these are things that we actually you know, learn as we're, when we're young. How to use our legs, how to catch a ball, how to kick, you know, how to, to move our arms. So there is, it's to some extent, but I, I think... Uh, from my experience myself and from working with many singers is that um, singing is much more complex and we're not talking about just uh, singing to go for karaoke. We're talking about to try to, to maximize, to perfect, to sing the best that that singer possibly can. So we're talking about a high level. We're talking about Olympic level athlete um, for, of singing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's basically yeah. what That's... a lot of singers are doing. And so it's it's very rigorous. And it's they're especially doing it if they want to be professional singers, right? Exactly. Because because just well first of all the the market is so competitive. Right. Uh, but yeah. So that's a nice way of thinking of it. It's like uh, you can imagine an athlete spending several years training hoping to get on the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And really, this is the same kind of thing, but applied to a, a, a quite a different activity, mm-hmm. which exactly. is somehow getting all of the parts of you coordinated in the, in a way that um, you can produce a really nice sound. Well, not not just a really nice, but produce the very best sound that you can possibly the, make and do it consistently, like... 95% of the time. Right, yeah, right. You know? And that's tough. That is not an easy task. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I believe that your your take on that is that singers uh, are, are um, working that way and that in, in terms of learning, learning their craft as a singer and that you're a point you're making is that learning the Alexander technique, that learning process is, and I'm using your words here, exactly the same as that for singing. That's true. And it, I'll it, just, can I just quote one more <laughs> sentence here? Sure. Because sure. this is a new way of thinking about it for me. So might be of interest to our audience. You, you write, studying the Alexander technique will hone precisely the skills singers use on a daily basis when working on their voices. Wow, yes. that's that's yes. a powerful statement. And it certainly suggests that if you're an Alexander teacher and a singer is coming to you for lessons, that there are certain skills they've developed that you would do well to tap into in, in helping them with learning the Alexander technique. That's very true. That's very true. Singers are more aware of their bodies than I would say the populace in general because they have to be. As singers, we have to understand what's happening. We can't see our instruments. Um, almost nothing is external. The only mm-hmm. external parts are maybe the lips and the tongue, and they have a, a effect on, on, on language. 
Um, but nothing else is, is there. So we have to use our own proprioceptive sense of what's happening in our bodies in order to be able to assess what's going on and then make positive changes. Mm-hmm. It, would another way of saying that be that a person is not going to be a good singer if they don't have that kind of awareness? Um, it is more challenging if um, you don't have a high level of awareness, or at least some awareness. Now, are there singers out there without awareness who already have the coordination sort of naturally working for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if you have to do a lot of specific work, and if you want to really, really get to the highest level um, of your potential then awareness is an incredibly important tool. So, for example, in some some cultures, singing is just done by people without it being a big deal. Maybe not as much today as in the past. I mean, Italy is sort of famous for people walking down the street singing, you know, uh, singing at the top of their voices and, and no one turns to stare. Um <laughs> Um, so you're saying that, that someone could be and grow up in that kind of a society and, and sing fairly well, but they they might not have the kind of a, awareness you're talking about, uh, but they would need it to sing at the, the very best they could. Right. I mean, people can have good coordination, but, um, you know, and have some natural um, body support. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That creates the energy and the resistance and they can have some natural resonance. But that doesn't necessarily mean that their larynx is releasing down. That doesn't necessarily mean that they uh, understand how to sing their how to approach their high notes, that they understand how to do all of these various and sundry things that um, the a, a very refined and 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 highly trained and accomplished voice will have. So in order to um, smooth the rough edges and make sure that everything is exactly the way it should be, um, you have to have this, this process. This is, this is how we learn. This is how we learn. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a violinist can, can look and see what's happening with the fingers. You mm-hmm. know, right. a pianist can do the same and Alexander Technique and absolutely help them. No question because they still are interacting with the instrument. But for the singer, the, the, the singer is the instrument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing else to interact. You're interacting with yourself. And that's a big challenge. So uh, I can imagine, uh, so just addressing um, Ale- this for a moment to Alexander teachers, uh, r- realizing this um, has some implications about how you might how you would do well to approach a a singer who's a student, particularly a singer who is serious about singing at their best. Yes, and absolutely. Could, could you say a bit about some, maybe give a few tips uh, to Alexander teachers, especially ones like me who are not particularly musical in general, uh, how they might uh, approach that? Sure. Use the big three, awareness, inhibition, 
and direction. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> the, those, those things, yes. Yeah. Those, those are skills that singers need and that singers, they're already actually using, but they might not even realize it. Mm-hmm. So awareness, as we've already talked about, is huge. Uh, you know, you're like, oh, wait a minute, I feel something going on. Okay, because of that, I'm going to try to do something else. I'm going to try to rectify that in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so awareness, inhibition is a tremendous, tremendous aid to singers. Singers have to use the least possible tension so that the voice isn't affected. Any additional tension affects the voice in a detrimental way. We want just the right coordination, just the effort that's needed for all the various parts working together and nothing extra. What does inhibition do? It gets rid of excess tension very effectively using mm-hmm. the mind. Mm-hmm. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. This is such this is such a wonderful thing for singers. I was working with a singer just um, the other day on a Skype lesson and the singer was reporting that um, he's noticed that this big change in his singing since he started taking lessons um, with me because all of a sudden he can just calm himself down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't carry that tension from one phrase to the other. If he stops, he can say, okay, well, I'm just going to be aware of what I'm doing and I'm just going to leave myself alone. Mm-hmm. That tension drops away, and then you can start without it, start the new phrase without it. That is such a huge, huge win for a singer to be able to do that. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. And and since singers are a kind of, in a way, as you say, using the, the, those tools to one extent or another, it's really up to the Alexander teacher to help them maybe expand their use of them. Exactly. To enhance, to be able to much more effectively use them to help themselves. Um, And for direction, I I forgot to include direction, but singers direct themselves all the time. We're always telling ourselves what we need to do, but we're telling ourselves in a way of hitting ourselves over the head. Oh, that was stupid. Larynx, you need to do this, you know, um, you know, rib cage, you need to open up. Our body mm-hmm. doesn't respond to that. Our no, <laughs> no, that's a that that's a bit of a dead end. I think it's it's probably <laughs> useful, and I get, I would say this is true for all students, but maybe especially for for singers who are, as you say, directing, trying to direct specific things. Mm-hmm. I think it's very useful to point out that. A, a little a little a neuroscience about how our brains function, which is that our frontal cortex, which is kind of the decider, you know, makes the decisions, comes up with strategies, um, puts out big picture intentions, is uh, possibly the world's worst micromanager. Yes, it exactly. Do, it, they're just it doesn't have that capacity. It doesn't have. Um, the, the subtlety. Well, yeah. it's in, and it's even more, you could almost say more simplistic than that. It doesn't have that many memory slots for in the moment awareness. It, mm. It's quite limited. Uh, most neuroscientists will scientists give numbers in like seven plus or minus two 
thoughts that you can entertain at one time. Um, certainly, and some of them are taken up with stuff that you need just to be there and function. And you can't just add a bunch of new things um, and expect that that to work. It'll just they'll just kick out some of the old ones. So can't really manage. You can't really say, well, I want the rib cage to do this and the diaphragm to do this and da da da. da. It just doesn't work that way. Right. It just right. not. Um, Right. It's it, the, the the micro, you know, the the micromanagement can be outsourced basically to other parts of your brain, but not to, not the frontal cortex doesn't doesn't have that ability. And I think that's a, I find that a very useful explanation for for students that their job is to put out the big picture and let the details figure right. figure themselves out. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. So and and so um I guess for an Alexander teacher working with singers that that understanding that they are going to be tapping into the same sort of learning process that it's very likely your student has already engaged in is pretty okay. helpful. Absolutely. And that the fact that the Alexander technique will improve it. Will yeah. will directly work on these aspects: awareness, inhibition, direct, and and direction. And you can mm-hmm. say, being aware of yourself, being able to calm and release tension. That's mm-hmm. inhibition. Mm-hmm. And then being able to more effectively send messages of what you want to happen to your body and mm-hmm. have your body respond the way you want it to. Yeah. Anything okay. else? Anything else you want to add to this topic? Um. I don't know, but I, you know, I think it's just a little summary would be sure. that um, helping singers be aware that the struggles that they have are because this is a completely different type of learning than they're uh, really accustomed to mm-hmm. from their education, and that body learning uh, takes more time, um, it takes more patience, and it takes a different approach than one that we're used to. Of sort of pushing yourself and um, you know it's like oh I'm just gonna go for the gusto I'm gonna make it happen blah 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 that we need to say no <laughs> mm. we need to stop we need to undo and we need to release and we need to have a much softer um, kinder approach to ourselves and that when we can do that then things will start to work because that's what the vocal me- mechanism loves it, it needs that sort of um, soft um, I'm trying to think of the words that are coming to my mind, but soft um, intention, backdoor, yeah, backdoor, mm-hmm. backdoor approach, and right. that's exactly what it is. And yeah. this is this is what vocal technique does. This is what pedagogy is for a number of teachers. They don't teach um, exactly what's happening. They say, "Oh, we'll think of this concept or try this," so that the singer won't interfere, but will have the right coordination happen. Yeah, so exactly. the Alexander technique is just another, um, I, I think, more direct and more efficient way of of accomplishing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's leave it at that. Um, my guest today has been Alicia Bryceland. She's a singer, voice teacher, and certified teacher of the Alexander technique. She uh, works in New York City and in Northern New Jersey. 
I'll put a link to her website by the interview, which is not just the way to you can learn about her teaching and how to contact her, but also um, her website is a pretty valuable resource for singers in general. She has a lot of information, not just about the Alexander technique in singing, but about vocal technique and about singer psychology. She has a huge number of articles on these topics on her site. So if you're a singer, I think her site would be a great general resource for for you. If I'll also put a link to a site that'll tell you more about the Alexander technique in general and will enable you to find a teacher where where you live if you're not in the New York City area. Alicia, thanks so much. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> 